Well, let's open your heart to receive. You know, the Lord has a word for you tonight. There's plenty of other things that we could do on a Saturday night. But you came here. You put yourself in a position to to receive. So open your heart and believe that God is going to minister something to you that will help you this week, help you in your life. Amen? Amen. Good evening. Good to be here with you and with the Spirit of the Lord in His presence. You know, we speak of His presence, you, you know what that means, right? That means he, God the Father. He's here with us. Good to have Alex here with us. Hallelujah. Alex, yeah, lift up your hand, wave at everyone so people can see you. Alex Cherney here from Ukraine. And... Um, <clears throat> Hallelujah. And we also have Pastor Brian here somewhere. In the back, over here, all the way from Titusville. So it's good to have you here. What I have for you tonight is the Word word of the Lord. And He wants to make some adjustments in you and I's heart. All right? Is it good to make adjustments in our heart? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're doing the right thing and somebody comes along and tells you keep doing that, that's encouragement. If you're doing the wrong thing and someone comes along and tells you the right thing to, do, to be doing, well, that's great too because you don't want to waste time on the wrong thing, right? All right, so open your Bible with me, if you would, to Ezekiel 37. How many of you are, would like to see revival in our nation? Yeah? Well, you know, that starts at home, right? And if you want fire to sweep across our nation, the fire of God, then let's be the igniters, the kindlers, if you will. Let's burn so that those around us will catch the fire and it can be a, as the word is, conflagration and spread all across this nation. You know, we can get together and we can look at each other and we can do a little song and dance and hear a little bit of word and then just go out into the world and into our workplace and into our homes and nothing is different, nothing is impacting us and then next week we come back and we're satisfied with just this little song and dance and a little bit of the word every weekend but we're really not being salt and light through the week. Now you have to hear me with the right ears. I'm not saying that's you. I'm I'm speaking in general across the body of Christ. But if it's you, then listen up. Because in, in Revelations, Jesus called that kind of behavior lukewarm. And, and we could go and we could read that in Revelations where he, he, he's talking to the church in Laodicea and he says, you know what, I'd rather you be cold or hot, but you guys are lukewarm. And many people have thought, well, the cold or hot means that cold, you're completely cold to the Lord, or hot, you know, you're, you're hot and on fire for the Lord, and at least if you're cold, the Lord knows um, your condition, and you know your condition, and, and you know, there's no fooling anyone. No, that's not what it means at all. Not even close. Is cold water useful? Yeah. Yes. Very. Right? Cold water has many uses. Is hot water useful? Yeah. Yes, Very. Is warm water a desired thing? Or lukewarm, just room temperature? Unless you like to drink that. But it's, it's pretty much useless. You don't want just blah water. 
You want it to be cold and refreshing or you want it to be hot and serve a purpose? Right? He wants you to be cold or hot. Useful or useful. None of this in-between middle. We're just bumping along, going through life, playing church as normal. And we come and we celebrate our Savior and our Messiah between these four walls. But when we go out, we're really no different than anyone else. That's not what we want, is it? Not in this house. Not in this place. Some of us are going to get spanked tonight. <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> you know, the Word says that the Lord loves the child He disciplines. So if you go away from here spanked, you go away knowing He loves me. The Father loves me. And if you go away and you're already doing all these things, well then hallelujah, let it add fuel to your fire. Let's look in verse 1 of Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was on me, and He brought me out by His Spirit. So it's, it's in the spiritual realm. And He set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. Then He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I replied, Lord, only, Lord God, only You know. That's a pretty sharp response because the natural answer would be no, they cannot live. Right? They're dry. They're, they're brittle. They're, everything around them has decayed and went away and the only thing that's left is a sun-bleached bone. So the answer is no, they can't. But this guy's sharp enough to know that with God, all things are possible. With God, there's no victory too difficult. With God, there's no mountain too high. With God, there's no valley that's too dangerous. With God, there's no foe that is insurmountable. And so he goes, God, only you know. Because it would take your hand to bring this to pass, right? Verse 4, he said to me. So now the Lord God is giving him instructions and he's telling him to do something. He says, you prophesy concerning these bones and you say to them, Dry bones, this is what he's going to say. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So, I prophesied as I had been commanded while I was prophesying. Someone say, while. While he was speaking. While he was declaring the Word of the Lord. In that moment is when the Spirit of God goes to work and causes the Word of the Lord to come to pass in this all these bones that look absolutely hopeless and like it's pointless. Is it possible that we could look around us and look at this, the state of many of the believers in our nation and in the world, and it's just a bunch of dry bones. People that aren't being salt and light. And if you examine yourself, you might find there's some bones laying around there too. Places where we've allowed culture to come in and override kingdom thinking. Kingdom living. While He was speaking. While he was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. 
As I looked, tendons appeared on them, flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. See, a lot of the church world is content with this picture right here. A form of godliness, but not actually walking in the power of it. But you and I, we don't want that. We want the real thing. Nothing fake, nothing pretend. Tired of just living the normal Christian life, right? But you understand the normal Christian life isn't the powerless Christian life. Like so many have come to believe. The normal Christian life means it's going to be a life filled with the power of God. That's what normal Christ-like living is. But yet many are content with just seeing the body. Yep, it looks like it's in the right shape. Everything's in the right place. It's covered. Looks good. Good enough for me. Someone say, not me. Not in this house. So there's no breath in them. Verse 9, He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to it. This is what the Lord God says. Breath? Come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet a vast army. A standing army isn't a fighting army. An army that's just alive and standing there isn't doing anything more than when they were dead and laying on the ground. And see, yet we have many in the church that are comfortable with this. Well, I'm alive. I have the Spirit of God in me. But I really don't need to carry out the Great Commission and do all of that in my life because, I mean, I have a relationship with Him. I am alive and you're standing. But we don't want that either, do we? Let's keep reading. Then He said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Now, if you read in the New Testament, you'll understand that we are the Israel of God. That's what Scripture says. We've been grafted in. We're, we're now Israel. He says, this is the whole house of Israel. Look how they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished and we are cut off. I mean, how many of you look back and you read accounts like from Azuzu Street or the Great Awakenings or all the different revivals that happened in Europe and here in this nation and around the world and in, in many nations... If you've studied revivals at all, there's been amazing moves of God. I mean, I'm talking about they're having meetings here and people walking by on the street get slain in the Spirit. People that don't even know what's going on just suddenly have this great desire overcoming this urge to repent and get right with the Lord. How many of you, if you're like me, I long for that. The real thing. None of this song and dance, normal work week, normal, normal. No. But to see the Lord glorified, the Lord lifted up, and to see the power of God doing and confirming His Word. Wanting to see the power of God without the preaching of the Word is an exercise in futility. If you want to see the power, then you've got to do the marching. You've got to go out and do the doing. You have to be the teller of the good news. And He confirms His Word. I remember... The most miracles I've ever seen at any one time was we were down in Liberia, Africa, and we held a crusade out at this uh, village. And they set up this, this makeshift you know, 
platform and, and got some really loud, um, badly sounding speakers and we set them all up and you could, it was difficult to understand. I mean, like it was a horrible system, but it was loud. And um, about 3,000 people gathered there into that square. And, and Pastor Bruce Latibu gets up and he preaches a real simple, a real short good news. And he starts in Isaiah and he talks about what Jesus did on the cross and that by His wounds we are healed. And he reads the verses in Isaiah 53 and then he goes over into Matthew and he, t- he reads from Matthew 8.17 about Jesus healing people and then he gives an altar call. And so, you know, a whole bunch in the crowd um, wanted to receive the Lord and they did. And then who needs healing? And so he prays and, and all this stuff and he said, now let's take testimonies. Well, pretty much the entire 3,000 people wanted to give testimony. Okay, well, that can't be right. So he, he tells everyone, no, 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 only raise your hand if you've received a miracle in your body at tonight here at the meeting. Oh, so they all raised their hands. Well, we tried that, I don't know, several times. Finally, we gave up on that because everyone keeps raising their hand. And he said, okay, let's start pulling people up and hearing testimonies. And the, the common reoccurring theme the rest several hours that we were there, the testimonies people shared with us, they weren't healed when they were prayed for. They were healed when He read Isaiah 53. When you read those words, my teeth materialized in my head. Teeth I've been missing are now there. I mean, crazy things. Deaf ears open, blind eyes open. I watched, I witnessed a lame guy, the old man came in there on, on crutches. He took him a long time to get make go 10 feet. I mean, he was just real slow and real methodical. I mean, he looked like he was mostly dead. Right? Straight from the Princess Bride movie, you know, that whole mostly dead part. Well, he... He um, comes in and he's over here on the side. And while Bruce was preaching, I noticed this guy's trying to get up. And he's, he puts the, the crutches down and he's walking without the crutches. He's slow, but, but he's walking. And there's this group all around him that had come with him. They're like just going nuts. Shouting and yelling and oh, encouraging him. And he keeps at it and he keeps at it. And um, when Bruce was done and asked for testimonies, he comes over. Now, the platform was probably about this high. So if you're listening by the Internet, maybe, maybe four feet, four and a half feet tall. And it had one step. Okay? So, I mean, it's a mighty big step to get up onto there. And he'd come over there, and they were going to help him, and he wouldn't let him. He climbed up there by himself without crutches, without help, just, just climbed right up on this stage, stood up, and testified how the Lord had healed him. But the thing that impressed me so much that night, and I've never forgotten it, is how so many people were healed at the sound of the Word being spoken. At the preaching of the Gospel. See, the miracles for us, we can receive miracles in our home. Don't misunderstand me. And the blessings of the Lord are for us. But the problem is, is too much of the time, as Word of Faith people, we're seeking the blessings more than we're seeking the blesser. We're more interested in what He'll do for us than of who He is. And this is just another form of idolatry. Where we want His healing more than we want to actually serve Him. Where we want His blessing of finances more than we actually want to be a blessing financially to Him. 
So if you want to see the miracles, do the preaching, the miracles will follow. Jesus said it this way, these signs will follow, follow them that believe. And then he told them to go out, but he had first said, go preach, right? Go preach. These signs will follow them, not you follow the signs. We can't have it in reverse. All right, we were here in, in 37 verse standing army. Verse 11, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say our bones are dried up and our hope is perished and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says. I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord, my people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you. See, this is why I said this. This is our day. This is us. Because the children of Israel back then couldn't have the Spirit of God in them. But you and I, we have the Spirit of God in us. Joel prophesied about it. Peter prophesied about it. Or, or proclaimed it. Right? Stood up and prophesied it over the people. And a whole bunch of people got born again. You will know that I am the Lord. My people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them, verse 14, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. Now go with me over to Ezekiel 47. See, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm in a house full of living Christians. Okay? That you have a relationship with the Lord and that it's important to you. But if you, I know that if you are anything like I am, that it's really easy to get distracted by the shiny things that are here and here and here rather than off of the main thing. And since we have the Spirit of God in us, you know, let's just go back to in the last 120 years and the revivals that happened in our land. Each and every time, it was like a season of it. And then there was a season of, call it whatever you want, decay, dryness, desert, wilderness, whatever. Just not seeing much of a move of God. But what, what we often see is people encounter the living God and they become satisfied. It's kind of like this. You get really, really hungry and you can think of about five restaurants you'd like to go eat at. And so you pick one and you go out and you sit down and you order this amazing meal so much you can't even eat at all. You eat as much as you can and then you leave. And guess what? Your desire for the restaurants is now gone. If someone says, oh, let's go to that other restaurant, your second choice, and let's eat. Well, no, I don't want to. And see, what happens is when we encounter the Lord and we see some of His things, we become satisfied with that level of encounter and walking with the Lord. See, Scripture says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So there cannot be a limit on how much He's willing to interact and draw near to you. We are the limiting factor there in our willingness to draw near. Now, I know that there is such a thing as, as individually encountering the Lord and then cor a corporate move of God and what He's doing in a nation or in a people, in a whole region. Okay, uh, And don't, don't confuse those two because you drawing near to the Lord is a personal thing. 
And you can personally receive and have an encounter with the Lord that, that isn't necessarily going to guarantee that there's going to be a regional move of the Lord because you encountered the Lord personally. Isaiah 47, verse 1. Then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Um, let's make some analogies here because don't just think this is uh, talking about the temple, physical temple back then. You know, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the temple of God. He lives within us. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. The, th- the amazing thing about God is, is he, he gave a part of Himself to be within us. And so... Water is a type of the Holy Spirit. We, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So let's just make some of these analogies in our own mind as I read through here. So then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the threshold of the temple south of the altar. Next he brought me by way of the north gate and led me around to the outside, to the outer gate that faces east, and there the water was trickling from the south side. And as the man went out east with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a third of a mile and led me through the water. And it came up to my ankles. I'm telling you, ankle-deep water is a wonderful thing if you're dying of thirst. Ankle-deep water is the difference between life and death. Do not discount, do not disparage the ankle-deep water that you've walked through of the Holy Spirit, of the encounters of the Lord that He's touched you and ministered to you and led you. Do not think disparagingly of the ankle-deep water that we have here. Okay? Love what the Lord is doing. Every level of it. Every level of it. Which verse were we in? Ankle deep. Came up to the ankles. Okay, verse 4. Then he measured off a third of a mile and led me through the water, and it came up to my knees. And he measured off another third of a mile and led me through the water, and it came up to my waist. Again, he measured off a third of a mile, and it was a river that I could not cross on foot, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be crossed on foot. I think this is a beautiful illustration of what the Lord wants to do in the earth today. You know, it's been prophesied again and again and again about a great move of God coming in these end times that we live in. And, and let's not disconnect from that. Let's keep our faith to that. You know, it was when Daniel found the prophecies that were going to be delivered in 70 years and he began to pray those prophecies into existence that it happened at that 70 year mark. So was it going to happen without Daniel's prayers? I don't know. It seems to me like he found the promise, put his faith to it, and then the promise happened. Are we being the Daniels of our generation? Praying these promises that they would come to pass now for you and I. Are we just saying, Lord, it's up to you. You do what you want to do. And I don't know. I mean, no one knows what the Lord's going to do. He works in mysterious ways. Let's go home and turn on the TV. The Holy Spirit, the Father, wants to, by His Spirit, do more in the earth than He did before. It's why Peter stood up and said in the last days, He will pour out His Spirit. Now, he considered that to be their day. That He will pour out His spirits, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, and and they'll dream dreams, and the young men will have dreams, and the old men will have visions, and and on and on. And 
it was going to be a very, very impactful thing that the Lord was going to do in the earth. So we have this river that you could go swimming in. Who wants to jump in and go swimming in the river of God? It's a little scary though. Because the river goes where it wants to and you're in it. You know, ankle deep water is a lot, lot, lot more comfortable than swift, raging river that I can't touch the bottom in. It's real easy to dam up a knee deep water or ankle deep, right? Raging river over our head, not so much. Not as easy to control. Not as easy for man's institutions to channel the flow of God where we want it and where we think it ought to go. So if you really want deep water, you know that that puts you squarely into James 4, verse 6 and 7 and 8, where he says, submit yourself to the Lord. Draw near to God, and He draws near to you. Alright, verse 6, He asked me, Do you see this Son of Man? Then He led me back to the bank of the river. And when, when I had returned, I saw a very large number of trees along both sides of the river bank. He said to me, This water flows out to the eastern region and goes down to the Arabah. When it enters the sea, the sea of foul water, the water of the seas becomes fresh. So this, this refreshing river of the Holy Spirit goes down and it enters the stagnant foul water and that water has now life and becomes fresh. And, and what happens? What's, what's the result of that? In verse 9, every kind of living creature that swarms will live wherever the river flows and there will be a huge number of fish because this water goes there. What's fish a symbol of? I mean, for thousands of years, a, a fish has been a symbol of Christianity. It's how early Christians would identify each other or, or their homes. A fish. Huge number of fish because these waters go there. Since the water will become fresh, there will be life everywhere the river goes. Everywhere the river goes. Jesus said, "If who's thirsty, come and drink of the living water. And they'll have fountains of living water flowing out of them. That's you and me. And if we're going to have fountains of living water flowing out of us, then where you and I go, there's going to be life left behind. Life all around us. But see, too much of the time, we're just comfortable to hang out with other like people. Other safe believers. Other believers that think like I do. And we, we protect ourselves with these four walls and with our friends and we insulate ourselves from those that are needing to hear it. Needing a touch from the Lord. Some of you need to find some ungodly friends. You know, tell them how good God is. That's what being a witness is. It tells the good news. What did God do for me? I'm a witness of what God has done for me. Verse 10 fishermen will stand beside it from the En Gedi to any glam. These will become places where nets are spread out to dry. Their fish will consist of many different kinds like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. Yet its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be left for salt. All kinds of trees providing food will grow along both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. Each month they will bear fresh fruit because the water comes from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be used for eating and their leaves for healing. 
You know, the fruit of the Spirit. You can't eat so much fruit of the Spirit that it's all gone and it doesn't exist anymore. It's always there. If you're hooked up to the source. Right? If you stay on the vine, the branches don't produce the fruit by themselves, right? They're on, they're on the source. They're on the vine. And, and as the fruit of the Spirit comes and moves in and through us and is evident around us, then it, it doesn't run out if we stay on the vine. If we stay hooked up to, to the source. If we say it all, all these different Christianese ways. If we stay on fire. If we stay you know, in the river of God. If we stay whatever you want to call it. Full of God. That's what we're talking about. R- relationship with Him. That goes beyond our, our two hours on the weekend and maybe once or twice during the week. And if your mind immediately goes, yeah, I need to spend more time sitting and reading the Word. Well, okay, that's great. But it's more than just that too. It's carrying this with you all day on the inside. A living it. A being in it. Taking a drink. I heard a great saying from a man of God this week. He was talking about being drunk. Drunk in the Spirit. And he said, you know, the key to getting drunk is to keep drinking. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty sharp. Keep drinking. You want to be drunk in the Spirit? Keep drinking of the Spirit. Right? And the evidence will be there. Alright, stand to your feet if you would. If you're able. Worship team, you can come. You know, the Lord is searching for those who would take Him at His Word and and actually do what He said. With our word of faith ears, we usually hear that this way. The Lord is looking for people who would take Him at His Word. So Lord, I believe Your promises. Your promises are true for me and my finances. Your promises are true for me and the healing that I'm believing for. Your promises are true for me and that relationship that I'm believing for. And we're looking all at the promises and of what the Lord will do for us rather than on what He said to do. The Lord is looking for people to take Him at His Word. And what was His Word? His Word was go. His Word was be a witness. Maybe you say, well, you know, my job or where I'm at or what I'm doing is, is really not... Um, I'm not... I'm not around people to even even talk to them about Jesus or, or share about the good news of God or all of this stuff. There's many, many, many ways to be a witness. You don't have to pick just one. You can be like in 12 different ways. You know, you have social media. You've got, you go to the grocery store. You can be an encouragement. You can tell people Jesus loves you. You can tell people that, you know what, I pray and the Lord answers my prayers and and the Lord wants you to know that He's a good God and what is something that you need in your life? Let's pray together for it and you'll receive it. It's at the preaching of the Gospel, of Jesus Christ, of Him crucified. He has borne your sin. You don't have to be ashamed anymore. You can walk with your head up and live and have a relationship with the Creator of this universe. And it's at that preaching that we'll see the signs come and follow it. So if we want revival in this house, then it's time to put up our hands of surrender and jump into the river and go do what He said to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. And then, um, 
If you agree with it at the end of the prayer, you just say amen because amen means so be it. All right? And that'll mean it's personalized from you. Father, I thank you so much that you are full of mercy, full of love, full of light. And Lord, thank you that you're the revelator, that you reveal to us what we need to know and that you're our teacher. And Father, I ask you to revive me. I ask you to wake me up in the areas where I've fallen asleep. Father, I ask you to unveil my eyes and my ears from places where I've deceived myself or been deceived from other outside sources. Lord, I lay my life down before you. I submit to you. And I'm willing to go with you the whole way. The whole way, nothing left out. And I ask you to fill me with your Spirit in me and on me. Give me boldness. Give me eyes to see opportunities and to walk in obedience to you and your command. I thank you for this and I'll walk and I'll do it confidently and expecting to see your glory and that you'll confirm the word, the good news, as I tell it in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Way miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, 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 that is who you are. 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 Father, we're grateful that you are so good to us, that you are a way maker and a promise keeper, that you do not, never have, and cannot lie. And we bless you for this. Father, we thank you for your word, that it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish what you have sent it to do. And we bless the word. We bless you, Jesus. You are the word, and we bless you. Someone say, the word lives in me. The Word lives in me. And the Word is not without effect. And the Word is not without effect. It affects me mightily. I yield to the Word. The Word is ever in me. In my mouth. On my lips. And I bless the Word. You know, we're, we're surrounded by dry bones. They're all around us. And we need to be a people of prophecy, a people that prophesy to those bones, that we speak life to those bones, that we speak the gospel, the good news to those bones. And so just 
as an act of faith, I'm going to declare some things out and you can agree with me as we go through it. Dry bones all around us, I speak to you. The dry bones of of churches around us, dry bones of neighbors, dry bones of, of the people we work with, dry bones even in our own home. I speak to you and I say, be filled with life. Come back together in the name of Jesus. Live a glorifying life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Be raised up and become a mouthpiece for Jesus. I call evangelists. I call for the evangelists into this house of Church of the Word International. Evangelists, rise up. Declare forth. That Jesus Christ is crucified and resurrected. Evangelists, come forth in the name of Jesus. Prophets, I speak to you. I say rise up and be bold in the declarations of the Lord God. Rise up and take your place in the body of Christ. Prophets, you speak as the Lord directs you. I call the apostles. The apostles that the Lord has set in place in times for the different regions, I call them to the forefront to lead the body of Christ in this new wave that the Lord is bringing across the earth. Apostles, rise up in the land. Bring forth your churches in glory, in the majesty that the Father has envisioned and imagined for this nation. Pastors, take your place. Shepherds, shepherd Shepherd the people of God. Lead them in righteousness. Teach them the pure, undivided Word of God. Pastors, raise up a people mighty in the Lord. An army that's vast and mighty in His Word. Believes His Word. Acts upon His Word. It sees the mighty hand of God move in their churches. Teachers, teach. You teach. You have the Word of God come out of you. You have the Word of God come out of you in the marketplace. Out of you in the school. Out of you in the workplace. Out of you out on the street. Out of you in the home. Teachers, you're anointed to teach the Word of God. Lord, we don't want life like it's been. We want it to be like you imagine it like you desire it, like you want it to be. And so, Lord, use us. You said to pray for workers to go into the harvest. We've prayed and declared that, but, Father, we're willing. We're willing to go. Help us to be willing. Help us to be willing. Someone say that. Help me to be willing. Make me willing, Lord. Make me bold. And I'll yield to you to your spirit fill me full of the urgency of the season I thank you Lord it's going to be just like that it's going to be just like we've asked so be ready to run be ready to run now be ready to swim to swim hallelujah father I lift up every child in this house every little one in this house And I thank you for bringing them to this place and to these parents and to these people. And Father, I ask a special blessing upon these children. You said that our sons and daughters will prophesy. So Father, I lay claim to that in this house and in this region. Lord, I ask you for for 
a prophesying generation to be raised up. Lord, that you release your gifts in your children and that give us, give us the elders, the adults, those that have been seasoned in you, Lord. Give us the eyes to see it, the understanding to recognize it and to, and to, to, to train it, to teach it, to lead it, to fan the flames of what you're doing, Lord. Father, let it never be said of us that we're standing in your way and that we're muffling what you want to do and that we're stifling what you're wanting to do, Father. Let it never be said of us. But Father, we long to burn for you in a way that's obedient to you, in a way that's pleasing to you, in a way that just makes all of heaven smile and say, did you see that? Did you see that? Look at what my people are doing. Look at how they're glorifying the Father. Let all heaven rejoice at what happens in this place and outside of this place because of you, Father. Because of you. Because of your glory. Because of Jesus. We bless you. We exalt you. We yield ourselves to you. Someone say, so be it. Well, one way that we love God is we, we check up on each other. We love each other. We honor each other. We prophesy to each other. right? We encourage each other. We take the moment to check with the Lord. Is there someone? Right now, you can do that. In fact, everyone close your eyes and just check with the Lord. If, is there anyone He wants you to minister to or encourage tonight? And if there's a face that comes up to you, make sure that after the service you go find them, call them, text them, and encourage them in the Lord. Encourage them while we have the opportunity. Encourage them. You know, these are some amazing days we live in. There's harder times ahead. Okay? There's good days ahead. Hard doesn't equal bad days. It's when things get the hardest that the light shines the brightest. It's when the children of Israel are up against the river, up against the, the sea, and they have no place to go, and death is staring them in the eyes, that the Lord shows up, and there's a highway in the middle of the sea. So we don't dread bad days. We don't dread troubled times. We anticipate the glory of God in the earth to meet every one of those hard times. Can you say amen? All right, thank you for coming tonight. Love on each other. And welcome to Church of the Word International here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Amen. Are you excited about tonight? Are you expecting tonight? Because the Lord is too. I really believe that. Your expectation means a lot to Him. In the Word of God, to start our worship time together as a family of God, in verse 100 it says, Make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Woo! 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 
Glory to God. Serve the Lord with gladness of heart. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. See, these are affirmation. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Do you believe that? Is that your identity tonight? Yes. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. These are truths. These three things are forever truths. They're unchanging. No matter how you feel, no matter what your circumstances are tonight, the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever, and his truth will endure to all generations. Amen? The Lord loves to honor us with his presence. And how we honor the Lord is with our praise, the fruit of our lips. So let's stand up together, family, tonight, and let's honor him and his presence with our praise and worship. I search the world But it could fill me There's empty praise Treasures that fade Are never enough But you came along You're the only one worship you tonight in spirit and in truth. We surrender ourselves. We submit to you, Jesus. You are the head of the church and we're the body. We allow you to move in our hearts tonight as we worship and praise you. Move among us, Jesus. You are so welcome and honored and celebrate in this assembly of your body. We welcome you to move individually in our hearts and corporately together. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you so much. Downstairs in the prayer room, and you're all welcome before service, the Lord said, 
that he declared in his word that knowledge will abound in the last days. But the Lord said, as you seek me, my wisdom will overtake mere knowledge. And you will operate in a supernatural wisdom that is straight from my heart. I want my children to navigate properly in the time to come. So I'm releasing my wisdom and will you receive it? Will you ask me for it? Will you seek it with all your heart? My wisdom is so much better than knowledge. So Father, right now we receive your wisdom. We want to operate in that. We long for that. We desire that. Father, we know that we can create an atmosphere that brings your very presence into our life. And Father, we just choose by an act of our will to praise you, to worship you through the Red Sea, even this side of the Red Sea, because you are a good God. You are a merciful God and your truth is everlasting. We trust you with all our heart. We believe you. And Father, we are just so grateful for Jesus. Grateful for your precious son who was so obedient and faithful to shed his only blood, to come here as a human being and die for us on the cross so that we could live forever with you. That's something to celebrate, church. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm, I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful that you're here, my brother, my sister. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, good evening, everyone. Glad to see all of you here tonight. We trust that if you're here for the very first time, that you'll be blessed. So if you're here for the first time, could we just see a wave of your hand so we can acknowledge you? Anyone here? All right. Well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe to the Lord. So if you need a cash envelope, you can raise your hand and the ushers will bring you one. Again, if you're giving by credit card, do fill out all of the blanks. Are you blessed tonight? Yeah. Yes. You know, there was a phrase that just kept circling my mind today. That surely blessing, I will bless you. Who said that? God did. To who? You're right. He said it to Abraham. But did you know that Abraham's blessings are yours? We are blessed. Blessed. We need to say that more. So, that's right. Come on, come on, you're preaching it. You know, Galatians says this, because I said, you know, the Lord said that to Abram, but he said it to us, because it says here, Galatians 3 says, verse 7, understand then, let me back up, verse 6 says, so also Abram believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then, that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So, those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So you're blessed. Do you rely on faith? Your, is your trust in the Lord? Your trust is in his word? 
You know how much, how many times over and over in scripture he says, do this so that you may prosper. Here's the way for you to succeed. Over and over and over. Uh, Deuteronomy, I don't have it uh, marked here, but I just, go to Deuteronomy 29. He said, he just been, he gave the terms of the covenant, like, you know, here's the blessing side, here's what happens if you don't follow my covenant. He says, but carefully follow the terms of this covenant, covenant so that you may prosper in everything you do. He wants you to prosper. You know, but just because that's his heart, you know, he wants you blessed. He said, surely I bless you. You know, if you rely on faith, you're blessed. If you're a child of Abraham, you know, all these blessings are yours. But now do we have any responsibility? Or is it just going to fall on us? No, we have, he needs an access point. And your heart, my heart, is the access point. You know, Abraham was a man of faith. He put his trust in God. He was blessed because, Lord, you are my everything. You're my God. I'm going to serve you. You say go, I'm going. I don't understand, but I'm going. That was him. That was, his heart was the access point, but he didn't stop there. See, there's always a natural side to the spiritual. You know, you say, well, my heart is, the Lord has my heart. But then it never, does it touch the natural? Does it touch your things? Does it touch your plans? See, see, it has to go this way too. And we see that in Abraham. He tithed. He was the first example of tithing. I want to say this in in Deuteronomy 30. I want to also add this. Because this was really strong in my heart. There's some of you here that need to say that. I'm blessed. Yeah, but I don't feel blessed. In fact, I feel pretty crummy. In fact, I'm blessed. I don't think we have enough groceries for next week. I'm blessed. Look at this. I'm filling up my gas tank. Maybe i got to stop at 2.57 gallons. No, you need to say then, I am blessed. I rely on faith and God and his word. I'm blessed because he said so. Did he say the tither's blessed? Yes. Am I tithing? Well, are you? you? I mean, that's that's a thought, you know. If you're tithing, you're blessed. Put your faith on that, that he'll keep his covenant. It's a covenant of blessing, of provision. The Lord said, test me in this. You know, a test is an access point. You ever have any entrance exams, you know, to go into university or something? It's an access point. Deuteronomy 30 says, See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then... You will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Jumping down to verse 19, that's where I want it. It says, now choose life. So he set this before us, life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. He wants you to choose life. So... This week, as you, some of you, I really felt this strong. Somebody here needs to start saying, I'm blessed in faith, not how you're feeling. Good. All right? Amen. I'm so thankful. 
Lord, I'm so thankful for the covenant that you've given to us. I'm thankful for the tithe covenant, for your many promises, for your heart to redeem your people, for your heart to prosper us, to see us succeed, to destroy all the works of the enemy, all the things that the enemy would bring against us. Lord, your heart is to see them destroyed and to see us restored and going in strength. So, Lord, I ask you to touch anyone here tonight who's feeling discouraged, who is needing an extra assurance of your love, an extra assurance of your provision, an extra assurance that you're with them. Lord, I just ask you to meet whatever need is there. Speak to their heart. So, Lord, we just return the tithe to you gratefully tonight. We're thankful for your promise. We're thankful for your faithfulness. And we declare these people blessed in the name of Jesus. And amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will return it to the Lord. Well, I mentioned this last week, but I'll say it again. We have a new bulletin board downstairs where you can put needs that you may have or something you have to sow and bless the body you can put that under the appropriate heading and also if you'd like uh, to post your business card there's a place for that as well